What's going on, gang? This is Sanity Sessions, Real Talk, Real Trauma, with your favorite Philly girl, licensed psychologist, certified trauma therapist, Dr. Dawn Galette Crossan. And I am back. I'm back with another installment of our self-compassion series on forgiveness and self-compassion. Let's jump in. So many of you have shared with me via my group on Instagram, in person or in text, that you have been doing the homework. So I just wanted to give a shout out and kudos to you because it's always good to hear when what we do is impactful and meaningful to others. Well, I mean, what's the point of doing it if it's not making a difference in somebody's life, right? So it was a blessing to hear that. And thanks again for sharing and participating in the polls on my Instagram group. Now, if you are not part of that, please uh, look into the, uh, the show notes so that you can get that information because we would love to have you. Okay, so today we're looking at self-compassion and forgiveness. Now, we've been working with Dr. Neff's definition of self-compassion. So real quickly, we're going to go over self-kindness versus self-judgment during difficult times. That is self-compassion. That is also speaking and treating ourselves with kindness instead of harsh, critical self-talk that we can often engage in. Secondly, interconnectedness versus isolation. That's us understanding that we are not alone in our struggles and that we are not the only one going through. And lastly, self-compassion is mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness versus over-identification. And that means that we acknowledge and allow ourselves to feel our feelings because we want to make sure we're doing that. So when we're struggling, we want to feel our feelings without criticism and judgment, but also with balance, balancing that out because we don't want to over-identify and become consumed with those emotions. All right. So if you need a more in-depth definition of self-compassion, check out the first two episodes in this series. Now let's jump into forgiveness and self-compassion. Both self-compassion and forgiveness are needed for mental well-being. When we are functioning in a space of holding on to something, grudges, and those types of things, it can really impair us not only mentally, but physically. There is a lot of research and literature out there that connects unforgiveness with sickness and disease, in particular cancer, the recovery and and getting better in those healing processes. So we want to be mindful of that as we're going through this episode. Okay, so oftentimes the struggle with self-compassion can be associated with forgiveness for ourselves. And when we struggle with self-compassion, we will likely struggle with compassion for others. And when we struggle with forgiving ourselves, we will have difficulty forgiving others. So we want to look at forgiving ourselves first before we start talking about how to forgive others. So I love the whole self-compassion work because when we work on ourselves, it really benefits everyone that we're attached to. And that's what we want to do. I hope that's what we are here to do. So let's define forgiveness. Forgiveness is when we make a conscious decision to release and let go of resentment, bitterness, and anger towards ourselves and others. Forgiving ourselves is a powerful component of self-compassion because it involves acknowledging our mistakes understanding that we are human and fallible and then letting go of self-blame and guilt it entails giving ourselves grace so as you can see those are terms that we use throughout the series regarding self-compassion when we struggle with forgiving ourselves we will likely struggle with forgiving others as i said earlier unforgiveness can be emotionally draining and it requires a great deal of negative energy so when we forgive We choose to release uh, those unhealthy and negative emotions that might be hindering us or keeping us stuck in our recovery process, whether it's mentally or whether it's physically. So we don't want to be 
doing anything that's counterproductive to our healing and our emotional well-being in our, our journey, our journey to our best version of ourselves. So forgiveness can aid us in having healthier relationships and also foster an inner peace. Now, let's not mistake forgiveness for reconciliation. Those are two different things. We can forgive someone and not re-enter into a relationship with them. Some things are indelible. And some things after they happen, we are left emotionally scarred for some time or our trust is so damaged that we can't just re-enter the relationship and rightfully so. Or the relationship is forever altered. Okay. Now, those are two different things, forgiveness and reconciliation. And oftentimes, especially in the church, we get those things confused. Now, it's okay if you decide that I cannot resume a connection, relationship or interaction with that person, because that's not what we're talking about as we explore forgiveness. And this is going to be personal to you as well, because each individual may be able to reconnect with someone after something. And somebody else may look at that situation and say, I would never have a connection or relationship with that person. So it is very personal to you. No one should be able to tell us that we did not forgive because we're not interacting the same with that person. Or if we have forgiven, the relationship would look a certain kind of way and we would be able to trust them again. That is that is personal to us and no one has the right to tell us what that should look like. Let me be clear. Trust and access to your life should be earned. If someone has violated our trust and we, ha and we have to be careful about how much access that person has or if they should have any access at all. If we choose to limit access, because of something someone has done to us, that is not the same thing as unforgiveness. Those are two very different things. So we want to be mindful of that. Now, I've had clients who were physically abused or sexually molested or assaulted by a person or family member, and they proclaim in session that they have forgave that person. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Wonderful, wonderful thing. However, they often confuse forgiveness with access and they re-enter a relationship with the person. Not based upon the person healing or doing some work to not uh, be that person again that violated them, but just because they're saying, I forgave and I, I you know, I want, I, I'm allow them to have access again. And that is completely their decision. But later they are hurt again in some type of way, whether the person tries to reoffend them, reoffends them, or reoffend or offended or harmed a child in their family or another family member that uh, they gained access to as a result of having a relationship with my my client. Because oftentimes we confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. So we can completely forgive a person without having any interaction with the person. Forgiveness first is an internal inside job. It is an internal process and it does not necessarily require any interaction with the other person. Forgiveness first happens on the inside of us and it then later will manifest in how we treat or refer to a person. But it first starts on the inside. So how do I forgive myself or others? How do I forgive myself or others? Well, here are a few tips. To forgive yourself first, acknowledge your mistakes. What did I do wrong or what could I have done better? What really happened? Now this requires transparency and honestly, sometimes we struggle with that by ourselves. But this step requires transparency and honesty with ourselves. Don't use this as an opportunity, though, to beat ourselves up either. So make sure you have that balance. We can struggle with being honest with ourselves, 
but then we don't want to go to the other end and start beating ourselves up for the mistakes that we made because we all make them, right? But if you do that in this process, it's going to be counterproductive and unhelpful, okay? So the first thing, acknowledge your mistakes. Second, how can I learn or grow from this experience? What will I do or implement differently to ensure that this will not happen again? So for me, that's me getting deeper and closer in the scriptures, talking to the Lord, more prayer, right? But secondly, how, what do you, what, what can I learn from this? And how do I make sure this doesn't happen again? So this part and these, all these steps might be beneficial if you include a therapist or an accountability partner or a coach, somebody that can objectively help you through the, the situation. Third, practice self-compassion. And you know, I was going to throw that in here because that's the series, right? From the earlier episodes, we talked about uh, what that entails, the full practice of self-compassion. So go back to those episodes and, and look at that. But overall, you want to be kind to yourself, talk kind to yourself, and give yourself grace because we're all human and we all make mistakes. Fourth, you want to let go of the guilt, blame, and judgment and any other negative emotion associated with the situation. So this may require sorting through the emotions through journaling and therapy. Um, like I said, having someone there to bounce this off of that's objective, that also is striving to be the best version of themselves as well. But it's important to sort through the emotions. Do not brush over them. And then fifthly, person, uh, Focus on personal or inner growth and personal boundaries by establishing or reestablishing boundaries to decrease the chance of similar circumstances occurring again. If you do an honest reflection of what occurred, you want to look at some boundaries that may have been blurred or that may need to be established or boundaries that you had that you haven't been um, standing firm on that need to be reestablished. Because oftentimes when these types of incidents occur, boundaries are a big part of it. I don't think I've come across any situation where boundaries weren't, but I'm sure there's something out there that may, may apply. And then again, a therapist, life coach, or accountability partner can be useful in this entire process to provide us with some objective perspective. Okay. All right. So my tips on forgiving others are very similar, but they vary just a little bit. So let's talk about forgiving others. So we looked at forgiving ourselves. So how do we forgive another person? So first we want to acknowledge how we feel. So too often, especially in black and brown communities, we don't acknowledge our feelings when something happens to us, or we don't allow ourselves to feel it. We try to brush past it or pretend like it didn't happen. Um, I don't know. I, you know, sometimes I think it's because we want to uh, believe that that person did not have that much power or that person, uh, we're not going to allow that person to have that much reign in our lives, but we're human and we become connected with people. And so, and sometimes, it, you know, those connections can lead to these types of things happening and they hurt. So we don't want to brush past the feelings. We don't want to deny our feelings. We don't want to suppress our feelings, but we really want to acknowledge how we're feeling. Because if we are truly committed to walking in forgiveness, because again, forgiving another person does not give that person a pass. It does not mean we reconcile with that person, nor does it mean we give them access to us. That's not what forgiveness is about. We think forgiving, oftentimes we think forgiving someone else is about the other person, but it's truly about us because those negative emotions will impact our mental well-being and our physical well-being. Unforgiveness is like a machine gun. It's like a machine gun. We believe that we can target it towards one person. So when we when we're holding on forgiveness, we may say, "I am I'm not I am struggling with forgiveness, or I refuse to forgive my mom." 
I'm just using that as an example. And we think that all of that energy is targeted towards her. And we would only walk in those behaviors, mistreat her or not speak to her, whatever it is we may do in our unforgiving space. Uh, we think that it can be directed towards her. But that's not how unforgiveness works. It really is like a machine gun. It hits everybody that we're attached to. It sprays everyone that we're attached to. So when we decide to forgive, it really benefits us on the inside because not only are we releasing those negative emotions towards the person, but we allow our bodies to heal and we'll have better relationships because that behavior that we think we're only targeting towards the person that harmed or offend us will, will no longer, it will not spray over or pour over into other people like the machine gun example that I provided for you. Okay. So we first want to acknowledge our feelings we want to um, recognize that we do feel some kind of way. Let's not pretend that we don't because our feelings are valid. And just because our feelings are valid and they're there, it doesn't give us the right to act on them, but we still need to acknowledge that they exist. Next, we want to try to take an honest, objective, overall view of the situation to gain the other person's perspective. Now, this one is not easy to do and it's not easy to do alone so I would definitely suggest that you have someone with you in this process meaning someone that you could bounce this off with I first of course going to say a licensed professional therapist but then also you can have accountability partner somebody in your in your friend group that is objective because a lot of times when we're hurting we cannot see the other person's perspective and give yourself some grace because it is a journey and you're you're on this journey so at, at some time, it, you may not be ready in that very moment, but give it some time with the understanding that that is your goal eventually to be able to see the other person's perspective. Now, again, you want to might connect with somebody during this process. But remember, there are three sides to every story, three sides to every story, your story, their story and what really happened. So we also want to take into account if we're going to if we're going to be committed to this forgiveness, we want to take into account the other person's pain that they brought to the situation that's completely outside of us. And we want to empathize with that at some point. Again, when we're ready, people do what they do because of who they are. That's the thing we have to get in our minds. That's something I had to learn personally for myself. It has very little to do with us. It really does. If someone is hurting and not addressing that hurt, it will likely pour over in every area of our lives. Now, this is not an excuse for people's behavior. This is just a perspective, just perspective. Once we begin this process, it can depersonalize what happened because when someone hurts us, it's almost always never personal. We take it personal because it feels personal and it was done directly to us. But that person likely have, I can almost guarantee you, has responded to other people the way they responded to you. It may look different, but they almost always do that. And so it's not personal to you, but it feels very personal. And when we take this perspective and take time to look at it from a different perspective, then we can see and start to depersonalize and separate a little bit more from those emotions. Third, if we truly want to forgive, we have to, as my bishop says, let it go, let it be and leave it alone. That's what he says. Let it go, let it be and leave it alone. So that means when the memories, thoughts, and feelings of what happened return, because they almost always do, something in our environment can trigger it, Some that person might 
act similarly and trigger it if they're around us. Something always triggers what happened to us. That's just the way life goes, right? But when that happens, I'm determined and I've made a choice not to go there because I'm going to let it go, let it be and leave it alone. So this includes remaining in the present, not returning to that angry space, not revisiting what happened over and over and over again. And if I find myself doing it, stopping, stopping the thought, journaling, reaching out to someone, brain dumping, something of that nature. I, I, and, and just really making a conscious, committed decision to not entertain it and not go there and engage in, in uh, the tools and resources that I know that I have to keep me from going there. I don't know how anybody can do this thing without Jesus Christ, because for me, I would not be able to do it. He's the only way I, Dr. Dawn, is truly able to forgive. Is I have to go to the word, pray, and make that decision that I want to do and honor um, him in my in my day-to-day -day interactions. But it, it's not easy because I can remember a time where I really functioned in the space of unforgiveness for a long period of time. So lastly, we want to take care of ourselves. Everyone knows that I am a proponent for self-care. So take care of yourself during this time period. Establish or reestablish clear boundaries because that is a part of self-care. Boundaries are a part of self-care. It's not all about uh, bubble baths and massages, though those things are great and can be part of your self-care regime. Boundaries are very big in self-care because there's mental things we can do as well or mental things we should be doing as part of our self-care. So establish or reestablish clear boundaries to prevent future incidents occurring with the person and with yourself. Surround yourself with loving, caring people as you're taking care of yourself. Find that tribe. And most of us have that tribe and don't even realize we have it because we don't indulge in those connections and interactions. Engage in activities that are enjoyable, things that don't deplete you, things that give you life. And we want to refrain as much as possible during painful times, medicating with alcohol or marijuana, even medical marijuana. You've got to be careful because if you do it too much, you're not allowing yourself to feel. So I tell people, try not to engage in medical marijuana um, uh, uh, an hour before therapy and an hour after therapy so that you have a chance to actually feel and sit with your feelings. Okay. So surround yourself with loving, caring people, engage in activities that are enjoyable, that feed your spirit and soul. Now, keep in mind, because even though we're doing all this and we're looking to uh, release negative emotions, what you've been through, it may not have been personal, but it still hurt. How the person or how the situation unfolded, it still hurt, whether it was personal or not, whether it was intentional or not, it still hurt. And it was still egregious. So we don't want to betray ourselves because we can betray ourselves. Just like people can betray us, we can also betray ourselves. We don't want to betray ourselves by not acknowledging the effects of the incident or caring for ourselves afterwards. Because when we don't, when we act like nothing happened, when we act like we're good and we're not good, we don't meet our needs, we in turn betray ourselves. So as we wrap it up, remember that forgiveness as with self-compassion is a journey. It's a journey that requires practice and patience. This is not going to happen overnight. No matter how hard we try, it's not going to happen overnight. Some people, I know some older folk that's been in the church or for years that they can forgive quickly because they practiced it over and over and over again. Me personally, <laughs> I have to, uh, I, it takes, it takes a while. It requires patience and it takes, it takes some, some hard work for me to get to that space of forgiveness quickly. Forgiveness can be layered too. 
I want to also throw that out there as we close, that forgiveness can be layered, meaning at times you'll have to continually engage in the process with the same person in the same situation. And remember, this does not require the person's participation for us to forgive. It doesn't require the person acknowledging what they did for us to forgive. None of that's required. Those things are great when we are in that forgiveness process. It's great when someone says, I'm sorry, I'm, I harmed you. But if we're not in a space that we're ready to forgive, we'll find a way to make that a negative situation. Took them long enough. They ain't really sorry. They just saying that cause. So it really doesn't require the participation of the other person to forgive. But I hear that a lot with my clients. My clients will say, well, I just need closure. Or if they would acknowledge what they did, I would forgive. And when they get it, they, they, they when they get that acknowledgement, if they get it, a lot of times they do. If they get that apology, persons, they, my, my clients still like, well, it don't mean nothing now. <laughs> because forgiveness is an internal process. And if we're not in the right space, it don't matter what anybody says to us, we're still not going to let it go. Okay. So again, forgiveness can be layered. And at times we'll have to continually repeat the process of forgiveness because I'm sure like me, many of you have thought you were over a situation. You thought you forgave yourself and you thought you may have forgiven another person only later to be mad again about what happened mad at yourself because you didn't do something the way you're supposed to and mad at the persons involved think and so we may think in that moment oh my lord i did not forgive but that doesn't mean you didn't forgive yourself and that doesn't mean you didn't forgive the other person but instead it's just another layer that needs to be peeled back in the forgiveness process because after time we gain different perspectives we see things differently and we may go back to that situation mentally in our head and what happened and see it differently. And we may have those emotions uh, rise up again. That doesn't mean you didn't forgive the first time around necessarily. It just means that there's another layer that has come up of feelings and emotions that needs to be peeled back through the forgiveness process. Remember, emotions can come in waves after we have been wronged. It can come in waves. So after we've been wrong, mistreated, and abused, emotions can come and go. Something from the present can trigger past pain and emotions, and we can easily go back to those feelings. But when we have made a conscious decision that we are going to choose forgiveness and also be self-compassionate and compassionate towards others, we will not over identify with the emotions and we will not go back to that space of anger where we are constantly revisiting what happened to us and how we were wronged. So how does this tie into trauma? So the way this ties into trauma is when we do not forgive ourselves or other people, it stunts us and keeps us stuck in our recovery process. Because often what happens with trauma is that we ruminate and think over and over again about what we could have done differently. We blame ourselves. We carry guilt because somehow we think we are responsible for what happened to us. Or if we would have just did something different, it wouldn't have happened. Likewise, with trauma, we tend to hold unforgiveness for the people that fail to protect us and also for the people, for the perpetrators. And all of these emotions are rightfully so. Are, you, you have a right to have those negative emotions and those strong feelings towards the people that harmed you because it shouldn't have happened. In any circumstance, it should not have happened. You should not have been traumatized. However, when we hold that unforgiveness towards the person 
who's harmed us, it actually impedes our healing on the inside. So it doesn't mean they get a pass. It doesn't mean that we get to allow them to have access to our lives again. But what it does mean is that I'm not going to no longer allow what happened to me, what you did to me to dictate or govern my life. And in doing that, I release the negative emotions that could cause me to get sick, that could cause me to function in spaces of um, unforgiveness and not walk in love or love on people that genuinely care about me as a result of what you did to me. I'm not giving you that power anymore. So no, we can't hang out. We ain't going to bust it up at Starbucks, but I'm not going to allow you to infect the inside of me because unforgiveness can infect us in many ways. Okay. So for homework, for those of us who are doing the homework, what I'd like you to do is go back through the tips that I recommended for forgiving ourselves and forgiving others. And think about a situation, whether it, it was you or, or something that was done to you, that you may feel like there's still some unforgiveness there and apply those five tips. And I want you to write about your experience with the tips. And remember, it's a journey. So you may, at the end of the, the exercise, you may feel like you've released and forgiven and that's totally great and awesome. But then you may not, you may feel like I've gotten through, I sort of through some things. I feel differently. I feel better, but I still got a little something, something left in, in my tank for that person. And honestly, the emotions that we carry may not ever fully go away, but it's how we look at it and how we feel about it on the inside in terms of the directions that we're going to take going forward. And then also making a conscious, conscious effort not to mistreat ourselves or the other person as a result of the circumstances. So that is the homework. Don't forget to DM me, text me, however your mode of communication is with me and let me know your experience in completing that assignment or homework towards your better version of yourself. All right, gang, that's all I got. That's a wrap, gang. Real talk, real trauma. Now, remember, y'all, this ain't therapy. Go and get yourself a therapist if you need therapists. You can't be listening to podcasts and TikTok and Instagram and think that's therapy because it's not. But in the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on all of your listening platforms and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and also join our Instagram broadcast channel. Info is in the show notes. Check us out on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. And until next time, stay sane.